a radio show that confesses Christ. Without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously. Without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification, is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Hey, welcome to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Uh, welcome, Pastor hey. Wolf Miller, and we have a special guest in studio today. It's Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek uh, from Down Under uh, in Australia. Uh, welcome, Pastor Vanderhoek. Thanks very much. Now, tell us uh, briefly uh, where it is in Australia you are, and, and tell us about the churches that you serve there. Um, well, uh, I'm the pastor of everything east of Melbourne, which is an area larger than Estonia or Wales, and uh, I serve uh, five churches, um, and I travel about, well, 350 k's every Sunday. Now, that what's that, about 200 and 260, 70 miles, and uh, and yeah, so um, that's that's where I serve, and yeah, it's a really good parish. All right, what are you doing in the States? Um, well, I, I won a music competition a couple of years ago. I play the piano, and, uh, and uh, I'm uh, traveling around America doing some musical things, and uh, and then also uh, uh, hanging out at the Fort Wayne Seminary and uh, meeting some pastors and some s- seminary students and visiting some churches, so that's what I'm doing, yeah. I'm glad you could uh, join us today for this broadcast of Table Talk Radio. Uh, we're going to uh, have Pastor Vanderhoek along Good with on us. you, Stephen. <laughs> Great to have you with us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's my really bad Australian accent. I'll, I'll give you my good piece. But I try to that is bad. <laughs> Crikey. It's Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, Pastor Benner is going to be joining us for some Bible Bee, and then um, I think we what, did we decide we we're going to do an Australian version of the casual apologetics conversation game. Um, I'm not sure yet yeah, what that's going to look like. In English, yeah. it's kakka, but Australian, it'd be, it'd be kakka. Kakka. <laughs> Oh man! Now I now I know why you're so eager to have Pastor Vander. All right, you've had your free kicks yeah. now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Oh no! We we, we. Here, my my favorite. Here, I'll give you my my impression of an Australian doing an English person's accent. Okay. How are you going, mate? <laughs> that That's bad. an Australian doing an uh, an American accent. <laughs> yeah. You having a good day? Okay. So now. Pastor Vanderhoek, could you give us an example of an English accent, and we'll see how good my impersonation was. English, hey, all right. Um, uh, American, American. Oh, you want you want American Yankee accent? All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, yes, yeah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, that's great. All right, all right, we better get to it. Yeah, buzzword. We, we have a show. Okay, my theological buzzword for you today, Pastor Wolfman, there is inheritance. And uh, inheritance is just a, a normal old word that everybody everybody knows, you know. And when when uh, grandma dies, everybody knows what inheritance is. Uh, but when we use it theologically, we're talking about the inheritance we receive uh, by being uh, adopted as God's own sons. That that by by Christ's death on the cross, that we receive the inheritance uh, from God, and that is uh, uh, eternal life. And so. Uh, not that we deserve. That's the thing about inheritance, right? You didn't do a thing to get an inheritance. Uh, you, I mean, it just you, you don't. It's given to you by by someone else's doings and works, and that's exactly what our salvation is—an inheritance uh, given to us by by Christ's death. That's good. Uh, my buzzword for you. I, by the way, found a new way to find buzzwords without doing any work. Oh, good. This I, is great. I, I would hate for you, <laughs> you know, to have to do any work. <clears throat> right, right. I know, I know. So the theo. This is uh, the theopedia. That you know these. These reformed guys have put all their blog efforts together. <laughs> this is a standing joke, by the way, Pastor Vanderhoek, that the, each reformed pastor has four or five different blogs that he keeps. It's the, the number of Calvinistic blogs is, is about ten times the number of Calvinists. And so they put their combined <laughs> blogging power together to create the Theopedia. And they have this little button there on the Theopedia. It's like a theological wiki. It says random article. <laughs> uh-huh. ah. So the uh, my buzzword for you today is ordo salutis, which means oh, the order goodness. of salvation in Latin. <laughs> now, what's written? So you can you can kind of track this thing. The the different the, theologies have a different order ordo salutis. Uh, so so that for example, in the for, formula of Concord, it'll it'll sit there and say, hey, this we're going to teach now how God converts a man, and it starts with the intent of the Lord to have everyone saved. It starts then to uh, original sin, the incarnation, death, resurrection of Jesus, and then the means of grace, how the Holy Spirit works justification in the hearts of man, etc. That's the order of salvation, the Lutheran order of salvation. Other churches will have a different order. Including man's will. Uh, the remember the reformed have the, the very, they start with the doctrine of election, um, and that's their starting point for the order of salvation. So this is an important thing to be able to compare the different orders of salvation and the different theologies. So ordo salutis. I had an uncle with a middle name ordo salutis. Just kidding. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, on to Bible B. Uh, Pastor Vanderhoek, would you like the first honor, or would you rather have oh. it uh, sent to your opponent for the first? I'll send it to my opponent. All right. <laughs> Are you right? Well, right so that means the... you're sending me the text that you picked for him? No, no, no. Uh, just whoever goes first. <laughs> you, the you, way you... the way the Bible be works, by the way, oh, so yeah. we have three rounds. The first round is three verses. Second round is one verse. Third round is one word. And we have to guess the book of the Bible from which that particular text comes. And then, for bonus points, we discuss if it is law and or gospel. So that's the game. Here we go. Right. Okay. Uh, are you ready, Pastor Wolfmiller? I'm ready. Okay. And, born ready. And he rode on a cherub and flew, and he appeared on the wings of the wind, and he made darkness canopies around him. A mass of water, thick clouds of the sky. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. That's your entry for Bible B. He rode on the... This is talking about the Lord. It's an eschatological passage. It's So it's a vision now of the Lord riding on the cherubim. That's what it says, right? Riding on the cherubim? 
This is so important to the theology of Old Testament worship is that the Lord sits enthroned on the mercy seat. Remember how the Ark of the Covenant had the lid called the hilasterion in Greek? Mm -hmm. That should have been your buzzword. (laughs) And it has the cherubim on top, and that's the place where the Lord dwells. So all this idolatry, making these golden calves and all this other stuff, is trying to have the Lord dwell where he has not promised to dwell somewhere else. So this idea that the Lord sits enthroned on the cherubim is so important. Now, But here it says he's riding. Does it say that? He's riding on the cherubim? That's, That's one of the themes that comes... In the prophets, like with Ezekiel, remember the Lord is riding on the cherub, uh, on the chariot, and the and the angels are surrounding him. He's flying all over the place, and it has the. I mean, it, that's basically this great comfort of the Lord saying, "Look, I have wheels will travel. Even if you're exiled into Babylon, I'll be there with you to bless you." But this text is not. It's different. It's not Ezekiel. Uh, give me this, just this, if you would, Evan, the second and third lines of that, of the verse. Um, well, I read you three or verses. The, 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 kind of the second sentence. Uh, and he appeared on the wings of the wind, and he made darkness canopies around him. There is a theme in the prophet Isaiah of the Lord kind of hiding himself behind the, the, this kind of canopy language. And it seems like this verse is from the eschatological section that comes towards the end of Isaiah. That's, I mean, it could be some of the other um, apocalyptic prophets, and you like to go with minor prophets. So, I mean, I kind of think minor prophet would be the... But I, this, it just seems so familiar uh, that I think this comes from the end of the book of the prophet Isaiah. That's my final answer. Your final answer is Isaiah, and you are incorrect. I'm sorry, Pastor. This is actually from Second Samuel, and uh, this is David's Psalm of Deliverance from Second Samuel chapter 22. Uh, right in the middle of it there. <laughs> All right, don't worry. Uh, well, I mean, you can't get points now, but for the fun of it, why don't you tell us, uh, speak to this, uh, whether it is law and or gospel. Now I can't remember. I'm so <laughs> devastated. Me, yeah, me yeah, give me a couple again. verses that will key me in. I'll just read the whole thing for you again. Uh, And he rode on a cherub and flew, and he appeared on the wings of the wind, and he made darkness canopies around him, a mass of water, thick clouds of the sky. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. That's that's verses 11 through 13. Yeah, this is, I mean, um, I guess it depends uh, on which side of this coming you're on. I mean, David here is praising the Lord for delivering him, and so if you're on the being delivered side of this coming, this verse is marvelous gospel. But if you're on the side that's getting the anger and the coals, then this is law. So for the people of Israel who are praying the psalm and thanksgiving, this verse functions as gospel. The Lord is delivering them. Right. All right. We're in the middle of playing Bible B. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll continue with this game and give a chance for Pastor Vanderhoek right after this. You call that a knife? This is a knife. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. 
Back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, hey, Evan, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? Uh, what? A stick. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Did uh, did your daughter Hannah tell you that joke? Pastor That's gets a classic oh, joke. Pastor, how, oh, how old is Hannah now? A ten. Yeah, Pastor Wolfman gets all of his jokes from Hannah. This is terrible stuff. <laughs> we are not amused in the British Empire, I tell you what. <laughs> are you going to play Hail to the Queen next? Alright, alright, alright. It's time to get back That's to the That's my didgeridoo. <laughs> the score is still tied up at zero, but uh, don't worry. Pastor uh, Stephen Vanderhoek from Australia has not yet uh, had his first chance at Bible B. Uh, but here it is. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead. Okay, here it is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. Any idea where that appeared? What book of the Bible that might be found in, Pastor? Gee... You've got to understand that in Australia, we've got got a lot of Anglican influence, and we often don't know passages like that. But um, I think it's one of the R books. It's probably either Ruth or Revelation. um, Yeah, I think we'll go Roman. Romans? Romans it is. All right. So 200 points for our guest. And uh, 200, I get 200 for that? 200 points, just for getting wow. it right. And you know what? I'll give you another 200 points if you could talk Strike. about whether Crikey. this <laughs> passage is law and or gospel. Um, well, you've got, you've got uh, all have sinned and uh, fall, short of the, fall short. So we, here we've got the, uh, the judgment of God upon everyone in the world and upon sinners. Um, but the... Uh, uh, being justified by his grace as a gift. This is the, this is the gospel. So, uh, um, and uh, we're we're all saved by the by by Christ's blood and his. Um, so so that's the. Yeah, is that is that all I need to say? Or yeah, are there well, any more detail? Yeah, than that? That's good. <laughs> no, whatever whatever you have. Uh, okay, so another two hundred points, uh, bringing the score to Pastor <laughs> Vanderhoek with four hundred points, Pastor Wolfmere with zero. All right, well done. All right, Pastor right. Wolf. Nil. We'd say in Australian, we'd say nil. Four hundred nil. Yeah. <laughs> or zilch. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> Righto, I'm ready. Okay. Hit me with the next one. Here it is. Uh, out of the okay, this is where you get a one verse. By the way, out of the heavens he let you hear his voice dis- to discipline you, and on the earth. He let you see his great fire, and you heard his words from the midst of the fire. Oh. (laughs) All right, read it again. Read it again. All right. Out of the heavens, he let you hear his voice to discipline you. And on the earth, he let you see his great fire, and you heard his words from the midst of the fire. All right, now. 
this okay 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 i know what this is by the way and i'm not at all distracted by the construction noise in the i know room. i'm sorry there's nothing i can do about it uh it's just my stomach sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh boy people people are thinking i can hear my mind going backwards <laughs> listening to yeah, the guys is making me dumber yeah table talk radio has that effect on people <laughs> Okay, this is talking about the giving of the Ten Commandments, okay? So, remember there on the mountain, the Lord comes and he covers the mountain with smoke. I mean, I think this is what it's talking about, and fire, and he speaks forth his voice out of it. This is of Exodus 19 and 20. Boom, and the Lord, they hear his voice, and they say, Ah, Moses, we don't want God to talk straight to us. We, You go talk to God, and then come down here and tell us what he says. So Moses goes up there, he's gone for 40 days, they make the, the golden calf, etc., Etc. Etc. Now, this is the passage that you uh, read. I think is a report of that particular incident. It says he spoke to you. Now, it could be talking to the original people that he spoke to. Like for example, it could be Moses reminding the people about this in Deuteronomy. Or, or, and this is the way I'm leaning, it could be one of the uh, apostles talking to the people of Israel say in the book of acts like stephen's great martyrdom sermon or peter when he addresses the people there paul goes through this recount long uh kind of recounting of the old testament history in the book of acts so this is these are my i'm leaning in these two di different directions um on the one hand deuteronomy and on the other hand acts so i'm going to ask for it one more time and see if i can kind of pick up any nuances to go for one or the other sure out of the heavens he let you hear his voice to discipline you, and on the earth he let you see his great fire, and you heard his words from the midst of the fire. I think this is Acts. I'm going to go with Acts. I'm sorry, this is Deuter Deuteronomy. Oh, <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse, verse 36. So zero for Pastor Wolf Mueller. All right, you can give us some law or gospel action. This is though. law. This is the giving of the Ten Commandments, right? So this is law. Ba-boom, here's the law. Now, of course, I mean, here's an interesting thing. I mean, just like the gospel is always prefaced with the law, I mean, the law shows us the sins that the gospel is forgiving, the, the gospel, in a way, always in, uh, precedes the law, at least in the in the life of the church. So the Lord says, look, I, I brought you out of Israel, so here's all of my instructions. So the law, the Lord gives us His gospel, and then and then His His law follows. But this, the fact that the Lord came and and just absolutely demolished the people of Israel with His word, is law. Law it is. Unfortunately, we have this little clause that if you don't correctly <laughs> guess the book of the Bible, you don't also get points for for guessing law and or gospel. Uh, so you're still at zero, Pastor Wolfman. But let's uh, give Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek another opportunity. Pastor, are you ready? Yep, go ahead. All right. Your one verse is this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, um, I've got two choices, I think. Uh, be either Exodus, Exodus uh, 20 or Deuteronomy 5. So uh, either of those two, I think. Yes. Um, I suppose that's true. I Let's see if there's any difference between the two real quick. Um, 
there is. I'll a, play the didgeridoo while you look. <laughs> there actually is a little bit of a difference between the two. Do you want to take a, just a, a random guess at one of one of the two? Uh, Exodus. It is Exodus, <laughs> and the only the only difference is that in uh, Deuteronomy chapter five verse twelve it says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you." And that doesn't uh, have that in Exodus chapter twenty. So very good. Another 200 points, bringing you to 600. And uh, now you can talk. Like, there's a there's a, a, a difference between these two. Isn't there also in Deuteronomy Exodus with, that one says, for the Lord created the world in seven days and then he rested? That's Exodus. And then in Deuteronomy it says it gives a different logic for keeping the Sabbath day? That's amazing. Um, well, uh, verse, uh, verse 13 of Deuteronomy 5 says, Six days you shall labor. And do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, and in it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters or your male servant, male servant, and go on. So, I mean, you still have that explanation, uh, but you have added to it in Deuteronomy 5, as the Lord your God commanded you. I see, I see. So, all right, uh, Pastor Vanderick, is that law and or gospel? Well, it's a law in that it's a command to to keep the Sabbath day. Um, yeah, and I suppose the if, the if if we could stretch it a bit further and uh, to, f- to find a gospel application in that, we would say that there is a, a Sabbath day on which uh, God wants to make an appointment with us to, uh, to, um, to bless us with his gifts. So, uh, so, so uh, the fact that the Sabbath day exists and, and that there is a time for worship where God comes and uh, blesses us with His and uh, with His gifts, and particularly in the New Testament with His Word and Sacrament, that's that's gospel. But the command to keep it and to uh, and to remember the Sabbath day and to and to go to church and hear the Word of God, um, that's that's a law. Uh, but it's a law which I suppose protects a gift of God. Right. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You got <laughs> it. Fantastic. Another Here, I, I found what I was looking for. See, in Exodus it says, and I don't know what to make of this, but it says, after the third commandment, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh. And then when you go to Deuteronomy 5, it says, um, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from the mighty hand and an outstretched arm. So, so creation is given as the logic uh, uh, behind the third commandment in the Exodus, and then the redemption from e- Egypt is given in the in the in the third commandment in the Deuteronomy text. Interesting. Hmm. And and that captures exactly what Pastor Vanderhoek was saying that look, this is a command from the Lord, but it's it's given for our benefit so that we would rejoice in his in his in his sanctifying word. Wow, that's, yeah, that's good. Well, uh, let's let's take a break right here because we're almost out of time for this before our next commercial break. Uh, you are listening to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Bible B. Let's take a look at the score. Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek, our guest, with 800, and uh, Pastor Wolf Mueller, the co-host of Table Talk Radio, still with zero. Come on, Zillow. <laughs> Zilch. Zilch. All right, but don't worry. We'll be right back to continue this game of Bible Bee and then play the casual apologetics conversation game on Table Talk Radio. Well, it was the models with the 50 cents. Um, The designer should have had more sense. Um, If you take a look, it'll prove to you. (laughs) I ran the pants of that kangaroo. Take a look, it'll prove to you. We ran the pants of the kangaroo. 
You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is most certainly true. Gathered round and he says, Watch me wallabies feed, mate. Watch me wallabies feed. They're a dangerous breed, mate. So watch me wallabies feed all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. So they tanned his eye when he died, Clyde, and that's it, hanging on the shed all together now. Sorry. I'll get back in my box, that's all right. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon we'll be waltzing Matilda. <laughs> we are playing Bible B, and the score is 800 for our guest, Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek, and then uh, our, our co-host of Table Talk Radio, Pastor Wolf Miller, with zero. This is what you call, by the way, throwing this game is what you call being hospitable to your neighbor, Australian neighbor. Right, 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 right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into the next, uh, the next round of, of Bible B. And the the, the last round of Bible B uh, consists of just one word, and uh, you have to figure out what book of the Bible this is from from the one word. And uh, Pastor Wolf Mueller, your one word clue, according to the uh, uh, the New American Standard Bible translation that I was using. The word picture appears only one time in picture? The, the Bible. Picture. 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 I have no idea. Picture. Okay. Well, I did, I, oh. Could be poetry. Could be history. Could be... <laughs> I don't think it's... I mean, uh, apostolic. Um, picture. Maybe it's... Maybe this is, you know, if it's only used once, maybe it's one of these books that's a bit different, sounds a bit different, has a different flavor to it. Um, so, and uh, maybe more poetic. I, that's all I can got. That's all I got to go off of because I can't think of a verse with picture in it. Hmm. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, just out of the, out of the hat here, out of the kangaroo pouch. <laughs> Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, Evan. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yeah, yeah, that's my final answer. Uh, no, you're looking for the Gospel of Mark. Ooh. Where on earth is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good question. And he said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God, or by what parable shall we present it? Oh, well, there you go. Yes. All right. All right. So picture is in Mark. Okay. So law and our gospel. What verse, by the way? What did you Mark four thirty, and he said, "How shall we picture the kingdom of God, or by what parable shall we present it?" I think this is going to be. Um, what did, does he does he go on to tell the parable in Mark four about the strong man? Uh, is that what comes next? No. It's uh. It is the mustard seed. Mustard seed. Okay. Well, this will be the kingdom parables are especially uh, gospel, but both law and gospel, because there's a bit of judgment in them. The kingdom of of God, which Jesus is telling the parable about, is the church, uh, which is uh, the all believers in the name of Jesus, and is marked by the right preaching of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments. Uh, so the, the the kingdom parables are going to be both law and gospel, uh, but especially gospel. So. That's right, and I'm afraid I can't give any points for that because you didn't correctly guess the right uh, book of the Bible. So you have finished Skunked. Bible B with zero. Skunked.
skunk. Um, that doesn't usually happen. Usually you get at least one. Yeah, yeah. Usually, I, usually I slip up and, and say something you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pastor Stephen <laughs> Vanderhoek, are you ready for your one-word clue? Yep, far away. All right. It only appears, and I checked this. I'm checking again right now. This, this word uh, ap- appears in the Bible only one time, and your one-word clue is Jude. <laughs> Jude appears in the Bible only one time. <laughs> it's not the uh, title. First verse of the book of Jude. Oh, it, it is actually. <laughs> All right. So oh, no, another... no, no, no. It would never be so obvious. No, no. He's trickier than that. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> You're just mad that you didn't get any points. <laughs> the root of bitterness is springing up. Dude, okay. Two more, 200 more points brings you to an even 1,000. Um, now let's see if, you can get, if we can give you some context here. Uh, you're right. The first verse of Jude, Jude, a bondservant of Christ Jesus and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Um, how do you do law or gospel with that, <laughs> Pastor Wolfmuller? How do you? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Vander, oh, get it. it, it, it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Let me. Yeah, let me. Hi. I apologize. Go ahead. Well, um, uh, let's just say, uh, on one hand, you've got, you know, Judas person who we, who we, uh, well, his name's only mentioned once in the Bible there, so we could say that, uh, um. Uh, for a gospel sense, we could say that uh, even those who are the, you know, the uh, the least significant um, people can still can still uh, can still do great things um, for God, whether or not anybody uh, anybody knows too much about you. I think isn't isn't uh, is it Saint Simon and Saint Jude, the patron saints of lost causes? And uh, there's there's hope for the rest of us if uh, you know, so, uh, patron saints of table talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I will give you 200 points for that. Yep. <laughs> uh, 1,200 points then. All right. Well now we're going to play the casual apologetic conversation game. And how this works is we set up a, a scenario in which you're in, and and uh, the the point of the game. I think I think this came from your little thesis, didn't it, Pastor Wolfmiller? That that all you need to do evangelism is uh, to know the Ten Commandments and and the Creed, and uh, yes, if you're armed that's with my uh, my catechetical reductionism theory <laughs> of evangelism. Uh, and if you have those two tools at your disposal, then you can do evangelism. So we put that to the test with this game, the Casual Apologetics Conversation game. And so what we're going to do, we're going to give it to Pastor Wolf Mueller first, and then we're going to let uh, Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek take a swing at it. Um, so I need to think of a scenario for Pastor Wolfmuller. Uh, Pastor Wolfmuller, let's say uh, you're standing you're standing in line uh, to, yep. to to vote. All right. And, yep, uh, that's going to happen here in a few minutes. All right. And uh, the, the the person in line says, uh, uh, you know, we just we just need change. Change is all we need. We need more and more change. Uh, if we can only have change, and things and things would be set aright. Uh, where do you take the conversation from there? Yeah, I'm I'm convinced that this this. Thing, this abstract theory of thing, thing of, of change and and hope and and all these abstractions, are um, 
are, uh, are, are marks of ideolo ideological thinking. But this is maybe a little bit, to, to put that thesis out, is maybe a little bit tough for when you're standing in line. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You can, you can bring the paper with you and just hand it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's my 50-page thesis on the, on the distinction between a movement and an institution. Uh, so if you could read that before I'm done, before you vote, I would appreciate it, right? But no, you perhaps you could say, um, uh, to to have the conversation uh, with a person, you could try to get it to the fact that some change is good and other change is not good. For example, uh, it's good to change your socks. It's it's bad to change your spouse. <laughs> uh, it's it's good um, uh, to uh, what to change your um, uh, to change your way of thinking when you're wrong. It's bad to change your way of thinking when you're right. Uh, so that so that change always has to be directed away from what's bad and towards something good, and that allows us to talk about the Ten Commandments. You say, yeah, uh, you, you, we could say something like this. You know, I. Um, I, I I'm a Christian and I always consider the Ten Commandments how I ought to live and I realize that that I I don't keep them and I ought uh, there's a lot of things that I have to change myself. Uh, but uh, I also thank the Lord that that Jesus, who died for me, and who loves me in the midst of all my sin, doesn't change. So that w while the law commands us to change and be different than we are. The gospel gives us the God who doesn't change and always loves us. Uh, I'm not sure how the conversation could get there, but thats I don't know if I would try to put it that direction. Hey, I, I think that's a good start, at least. Uh, uh, Do I get 1,200 points for that? <laughs> I'll give you 100 points for it. How's that sound? That's a start. <laughs> <laughs> Just 1,100 points to go. That's yeah, so you're, you're well on your way. Don't worry. Uh, all right, well, I, I'm coming. We we have just a minute. So uh, with with this one minute we have before the break, Pastor Wolfner, do you want to go ahead and set up the scenario for Pastor Vanderhoek, and then uh, he can think about it over the break? Well, yeah. Let's. Uh, and I, I'm kind of interested, actually, Pastor Vanderhoek, to hear uh, to hear from you what kind of conversation you might run into in Australia. I, I'm um I know that there's a uh, seems like there's a lot of charismatic uh, stuff in Australia. So what if you're walking along and you find someone and and they'll tell you something like this. Uh, uh, and and you and you know they're a Christian, perhaps you know them. They say, "Boy, I've I've felt so far from God lately." Uh, uh, th there's the situation, and we want to hear how how you might respond to something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let you have, sounds good. Have the commercial break to think about that. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. Our guest for this show is Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek, uh, who joins us from Australia and uh, is here in the states in studio at the uh, the Concordia Theological. Seminary Fort Wayne Table Talk Radio Studio. Good night, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this I you know I, I love the studio so much they actually sleep in it. That's how much <laughs> I love the studio. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll be right back after this. Check out our website at tabletalkradio.org if you want to send us your response to this show or anything else you've heard on Table Talk Radio. You can give us a call at 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back to get Pastor Vanderhoek's response right after this.
part-time hosts, full-time nonsense. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. G'day, g'day. How you going? What do you know? Don't strike a light. G'day, g'day. And how you going? Just say g'day, 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 and you'll be right. Isn't it great to be an Aussie taking a walk? G'day, g'day. There was movement on the station for the word had got around that the colt from old regret had got away. <laughs> you know that poem, Evan? No, I don't. Uh, and it joined the wild bush horses. The cracks had gathered for the fray. I'm sure our pastor, Vanderhoek, uh, recognizes the first line of that epic Australian poem. Sure do. Yep. A man from Snowy the River. The man from Snowy River. I, you know, I there was when I was I was in Australia a couple of times, and uh, and I was with this old horse guy, and we were doing adventure trips around the uh, around the rainforest in Queensland. That was kind of nice. Yeah, and yeah. he had taken, you know, that little ho- horseshoe with the two chains on it with the ring in it, and you try to get the ring off and this sort of thing. Yeah, I've seen that. You know that trick? Well, he had taken it and taken it apart and welded the ring into the middle and welded it back together. And he gave it to me. He says, now, you're only a genius can figure this out. <laughs> I worked for weeks and weeks, and I couldn't do it. So then he says to me, he says, look, if you memorize the poem, Man from Snowy River, and recite it in front of the fire, then I'll show you how to do it. And, uh, and so I went, and it took me like three weeks. I memorized the whole poem, Man from Snowy River, and, then I, and I recited it and everything. And he, oh, he was so happy. Oh, it's delightful. And he says, so the only way to get it off is to get a to get an arc welder and Cut the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All, All right. right. Thanks, we're, mate. Thanks, mate. We're in the middle of playing the casual apologetics conversation game, and Pastor Wolfmer, tell us again the situation you have set before. Oh, Pastor Vanderhoek. yes. Okay, so you, you're walking. Here comes a, a, a brother or sister in Christ, and they're a Christian, but they come to you and they say this. They say, I've, I, they, and they're down. They're down, in the, they're down in the mouth. And they say, I felt so far from God lately. Pastor, how do you. What's going on there? What's the kind of the theology behind that, and how do you respond to it? Yeah, well, I think this is um, I think this is a pretty common sort of situation in Australia, actually. Um, and I think that that as well, it's sort of in the same similar category to uh, maybe people who say, you know, I, I can't come to church because uh, if I came to church, the walls would cave in on me, or the ground would open up, or the roof would cave in. Um, people have a um, a bad conscience about being in the presence of God, but also, yeah, what you're talking about here is more to do with um, um, a Christian who who says that they feel so far away from God. Um, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I I think part of the problem there is uh, is how they they understand uh, uh, justification in a sense, and often people. Uh, I, um, you know, when they uh, when they're actually forgiven all their sins, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily feel um, forgiven. And sometimes people think, okay, I f- I f- I feel bad. I'm having a bad week. I'm feeling crook, if you like, just to use some <laughs> Australian uh, lingo there. Um, uh, I'm I'm having a bad week. I'm feeling down. Um, then they think, okay, well, there's something wrong then 
with my faith? Um, um, the answer, which of course is, well, not necessarily. Um, um, yeah, that, that Jesus still died for you. He still forgives you. Um, um, now, whether whether or not you feel a certain way isn't the point here. Um, also, um, to push it another step forward, um, uh, a person who's who's suffering from a let's say a, a temptation like this in the faith, um, you know, uh, it's it, there's always the side of it where the the uh, the um, if the devil's actually having a go at you, then you know that um, uh, that he must the devil must think there's something about you that's worth um, worth having a go at hmm. so um, <laughs> so also um, the fact that someone said I might feel uh, far away from you know I might feel far away from God or something um, this actually you could take this to be a sign that the, the it's a, a test for the genuineness of the faith and say and say um, yeah yeah um, uh, if if you're feeling like this, then um, um, you know this may be, you know, then uh, you know it's the Holy Spirit that wants to convict us of our sin. It's not the it's not the devil, and so uh, um, the Holy Spirit's the only one who's got an interest in convicting us of our sin. So um, maybe it's um, time to just acknowledge it and to um, and to and embrace the forgiveness of sins there. So uh, so. Um, yeah, that's what probably how I'd go about it. There's a few issues there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I love it. We can, so you can say, look at if, if if you feel like your faith isn't strong, and maybe instead of doubting your faith, what you could doubt is your feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the, and the marvelous gift then that the holy, it's the Holy Spirit who who makes us guilty over our sin if there's sin to be guilty for. But it's also the same Holy Spirit who brings the comfort that our sins are forgiven. That's yeah, because I mean that's right. Because yeah, Luther Luther himself he says that you know you. Uh, the three things that make a theologian: um, prayer, meditation, and temptation. So, um, you know, when when a person receives a temptation like that and a challenge to their faith, you know, that's that's life. That's that's the that's the fall. That's sin. You know, that's that's what you expect as a Christian. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is quite stunning that that the Lord. You know, we want Him to work the exact opposite way than that, but here He comes in the midst of trouble to teach us His Word. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm. They probably don't teach the seminarians that. Though. No, I, of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> um, I, okay, I have another situation, and maybe this is outside the uh, the realm of of what we usually do for the casual apologetics conversation game. But since we're kind of just kind of talking about these these uh, discussions that we have with our our Christian brothers and sisters, um, what would you say, Pastor, if someone came up to you and said, uh, you know, I don't I don't really think it's fair that that our church doesn't um, have have women pastors. You know, we we let women work in any other situation. Why can't we have uh, uh, past? Why can't we have uh, women be pastors? How do you, how would you respond to a situation like that? You're talking to me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've just had a we just had a big a big fat debate over about 15 <laughs> years about the uh, women about the ordination of women, and um, and so it's that that issue is reasonably raw in our church, but. Um, but uh, we still don't ordain women um, in our church. The uh, the, the votes um, at the synod were never um, were never passed. But um, but I think 
Well, I think a lot of lay people um, sometimes don't actually realise um, that there actually are passages in the Scripture which speak clearly to this issue. Um, and, uh, and then sometimes uh, there are situations where, where, uh, where people then um, read these passages and they're told, oh, well, this, this uh, like, well, let's say 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2, where people are told, obviously, they don't speak for today's context and they're only for, for the, the church, of, church of yesterday. And if we've got to be a, um, a forward thinking and a forward moving church then then um, we can't possibly do what the text actually says for me I, I try to point away from let's say my own personal opinion and try to point them to the uh, to the word of god on this issue and to to me it to me it seems like it's a little bit of a confusion of of order so i mean you, you always, they always go to you know galatians it says there's no distinction between male and female but that's you know really talking about the order of salvation rather than the order of creation that in the order of creation uh, god has set forth uh, different positions different vocations different offices to be carried out in this earth yeah, well, I mean, in, I suppose in the Old Testament, if you're going to come under the um, under the covenant, you you have the uh, the um, the the, uh, the covenants made in the flesh of of circumcision. So in the New Testament, everybody can be a recipient of baptism, and um, whether or not you're a, a Jew, a Greek, a slave, free, or a man or a woman, um, right? Um, it doesn't it doesn't you know so um, so that that's I suppose that's where where I'd see probably Galatians. Um, three, but uh, um, but I suppose in the in the church as well, we're dealing not just with um, uh, men and women in general, but it's um, but lay men who who also don't have the call to preach, right? Um, yeah. Also have you know also um, don't talk in church as well in a, in a sense, you know. Right. So so it's not like we're talking about um, sometimes some churches they go through this this issue. Um, um, and they, uh, yeah, they they think it's just a misogynist issue, just right. men and women. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have. I want to thank you for coming in and Whoa. recording Table Talk Radio with us today. Yeah, thanks very much. That was yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. fun. All right, thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Please give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, and listen again to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like a boomerang that doesn't come back. <laughs> You've Cheers, been listening Cheers. to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.